0: Welcome to Kelly Minds Her Manners, a podcast about real estate and entrepreneurship with a twist. Here's your host, Kelly Robinson. Welcome to another episode of Kelly Minds Her Manners. Today, I am thrilled to interview the brilliant Jonathan Leaf, who is a screenwriter, a playwright, an author, and a journalist. And he has won numerous awards for all of those things. And he just came out with a new book, City of Angles. It's a mystery about old Hollywood. And the reviews are starting to come in, and they're fabulous. You should definitely pick up a copy. And he is not only... Brilliant, but funny and fun and interesting, and I can't wait for you to hear what he has to say. So today on Kelly Minds Her Manners, I am thrilled to interview the brilliant, award-winning playwright, screenwriter, author, and journalist Jonathan Leaf. Jonathan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I was thrilled to see you at the launch event for your new book, which is amazing, and it was so nice to reconnect with you. And I thought to myself. Jonathan would be perfect to have on the podcast. I mean, you have done so many amazing things, and you've got so many accolades, but you're so humble, and I'm just interested to hear your story, and I think the audience would be really interested to hear your story. So, let's start from the beginning. Yeah. I want the audience to hear your story all the way back to childhood Yeah, and what led you to where you are today.
1: Yeah. Wow, that's a big meal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or it's a big meal to prepare. I don't know. I grew up in Trenton, New Jersey. Yeah. Which is just a dreadful place. I found out recently I grew up a few blocks from Jay-Z, though I did not know him. Oh, cool. Trenton is divided by a canal. And one side of the canal is reasonably nice, which is where we lived. And then the other side is where he lived, which is just horrendous. Mm. And his claims to being a real ghetto kind of guy are legitimate. They're not fake. Though he didn't actually grow up mostly in Marcy Avenue in Brooklyn. He mostly grew up in Trenton. But yeah, I grew up in Trenton and went to Yale and uh, I'm not sure I learned much there. At some point right after college, I went out to Los Angeles where this book is set. And I was on a TV game show and I won some money. And I quit work for a year. And during that time, I wrote a play. And I showed it to some friends. And it wasn't great, but they all said, gee, this is kind of suspenseful and funny. And you seem to have an ability to write characters. And so sort of the idea was planted in my mind. Maybe I should be a playwright. And that's most what I'm known for. So, so is that a little intro?
0: Yeah, that was a little intro. I mean, so – What did you go to Yale for?
1: I think I majored in ignorance. That was uh, (laughs) – but ostensibly history. Yes, I studied history.
0: History. Okay. And what game show were you on?
1: It was called The Challengers and Dick Clark was the host and he was a very nice man, by the way. I was on the show. They tape a whole week and a day but it happens the first show I was on was the last show of a taping so I had to come back for a second taping. So I spent basically two days on the set and the people who worked for him absolutely adored him which, you know, always tells you that must be a nice person.
0: Yeah. 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 That's so cool. So you quit your job and you started writing. Yep. And did you ever previously think that you might want to write plays or screenplays or books or be a journalist? Well,
1: I guess that was the the occasion which I got an interest in being a playwright. Yeah. And then I kind of wandered, I started working as a school teacher. Okay. And I had various critical things to say about the school system. So I started writing for magazines and you know, one thing led to another.
0: That's so interesting. So what of all of the things that you've written do you enjoy most? Do you enjoy playwriting? Do you enjoy screenwriting? Do you enjoy journalism or writing books? I know you've also written a nonfiction book. Yeah. I guess playwriting
1: seemed to come most easily. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure why, but it seemed to come most easily. Yeah. But I was surprised. This book was written during the pandemic, actually, along with another one, which I hope to get published later. And I was surprised at how. Maybe it was the circumstance of the pandemic, but novel writing turned out to be much easier than I thought it would be. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So, playwriting, like, what's your process? Is it, well, for playwriting or for anything that you write, is it different for each or do you have the same process for everything?
1: Gee, I don't know. This calls for introspection. A writers supposed to be introspective people? I'm not sure about that. <laughs> um I think you're looking for a story that really interests you and that you hope will interest other people and that has plenty of story, Mm. you know, so I've never written anything terribly autobiographical and uh, maybe part of the reason is I don't find my life that exciting, sad to say. Not that it's uniformly dull, but I think that, you know, uh, a good story has things like Sex, violence, you know, infidelity, all these sorts of juicy things Mm -hmm. that my life has not had. I guess it's had sex at some occasions. I'm (laughs) I'm married, so it would seem that that's likely.
0: (laughs) Well, I think your life is interesting. I mean, you've written so many plays, and your plays have won awards, and they've been written up in the Wall Street Journal. They've been written up as the top plays to see, and you've done Off-Broadway, and, you know – the Wall Street Journal has mentioned you and Theater Mania, right? Yep. I mean, you've really done a good job. I've seen some of your plays yep. and I've absolutely loved them.
1: Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I shamelessly mentioned, yeah, I think the one that attracted the most attention was in 2018. Yeah, the Wall Street Journal picked my play Pushkin as one of the four best of the year. Yeah. I also got nominated for Best Off-Broadway Play of the Year back in 2006. And yeah, there have been a whole bunch of successes, yeah.
0: Was that The Guardian's?
1: Caterers, the caterers. The caterers. Yeah, Yeah. that's
0: right. Why did I say guardians? Sounds right. (laughs) How long does it typically take you to write a play?
1: Well, there's an old joke. You know, John Guare is the guy who wrote uh, Six Degrees of Separation. I think he's the one who's quoted as saying, plays are never finished, they're abandoned. So sometimes you you can write a play in a couple months and then you get it. You hear it with actors, you go, oh my God, I didn't know it was so bad. And it's a process of rewriting. So sometimes writing the first draft is actually a very quick process. Mm -hmm. There are surprisingly few words in a play compared to, for instance, a novel, let alone like some thick historical biography. So it's not necessarily the length of time to write it. It's the length of time to get it to the condition that you want it and you think an audience is going to be appreciative and, and enjoy it.
0: Right. It's more action than words in a play, for sure. Yep. So, when you do write, do you start with the characters, the plot, the setting, or something else?
1: A little of all those. I mean, you're looking for a story that, you know, again, that you find really interesting and you think other people will too. And a number of them were suggested by real events that I've written. Yeah. Real people. I mean, one was about. To some extent, the central character anyway was the novelist Mary McCarthy who's somebody I've been fascinated with for a long time. Mm. And then I found out that she had had this affair with uh, a kind of notorious literary philosophical figure named Paul De man And then the story started to come into focus as I learned more and more about what happened, what it meant – but it's in that case, it started with a character and then the setting was Newport, Rhode Island, which we didn't really use that much in the play, but it's an interesting setting. So yeah, it's often a combination of them where you're looking for, you know, where you find out about an event and you say, gee, that's fascinating, but you don't really have the characters yet.
0: Do you typically focus on one project at a time or do you have multiple projects going at once?
1: Yeah, it's really the latter. I mean, I I think if you're going to get any attention as a writer, you have to be a little bit like what most Hollywood and Broadway producers are. They're actually working on many projects at the same time because they know getting something up is often very difficult and unpredictable. So, yeah, you have to be working on many things at once.
0: So you have to be a multitasker. So how do you focus on – like how do you prioritize?
1: Well, you know, you may have a number of things. I have actually, in fact, two novels that are not published, you know, one of which I want to rewrite, one of which I may probably rewrite more. But, you know, those are sort of in the back burner right now. So, Mm -hmm. trying to hopefully this book is successful and get an opportunity to publish other things. And I have a wonderful, wonderful agent, finally. Uh, I've had some agents that was you know, they were great people, but maybe things weren't perfect. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so you're trying to do one thing at a time, but you also have things that you're you're developing. I mean, it's, I'm yeah. sure it's the same thing in real estate, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You're always multitasking. Yeah. Absolutely. How do you deal with writer's block? Do you get writer's block?
1: Not really. I mean, I, there's Faulkner is probably not my top tier of favorite writers. I like Faulkner, but I admire Faulkner. But he said something that really stuck with me. He said, I write whenever I like, which is all the time. I think that's probably – I mean, it may not be true for other people. It seems to be true for me.
0: Do you handwrite anything or do you type everything?
1: Pretty much. Yeah, I pretty much type everything. Yeah, yeah. it's rare that I actually handwrite anymore. It indicates that I didn't have a chance to to type.
0: Yeah. I mean, it would be really, really tedious to handwrite something. But I know that there are people like myself, like if I'm writing in my journal or something, like I feel like it – I absorb it better for myself if I handwrite it. Yeah. But – I know that, like, when you're working on so many projects at once, you probably can't handwrite them. Yeah. What are you currently watching or reading, and what is your favorite play of all time?
1: Oh, gee. that's tough. I actually love cooking shows. Yeah? Including the ones that are considered the most idiotic and banal, like (laughs) Beat Bobby Flay. Oh, I think my wife and I are going to watch the last season of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Okay. Which is coming on next week, I think it is. Mm. Favorite play? I could say favorite novel a lot more easily. Favorite play. Gee, there's so many. Twelfth Night, I think is great. Mm. Othello.
0: So you like Shakespeare?
1: Yeah, there's so many. There's so many there so many by Shakespeare they are great. Yeah. And Seagull is a favorite play. Yeah, I love. Yeah, there's so many. Mm.
0: What quote from your works is most meaningful to you and why?
1: You mean something I wrote? Yeah. I don't think I can quote myself. No? I don't know that I can remember anything word for word that I wrote. Wow. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Okay. Is there a quote from anybody else that speaks to you?
1: Oh, I mean, thousands. I was just yeah. just yesterday, I was thinking about a rather horrible one. I'll say this, and everyone will think, he's a really terrible person. <laughs> but have you ever heard of this French writer, not Foucault, but La Roche Foucault? Yes. Oh, you yeah, have? Yeah. He wrote this Maxime and He's probably best known for that comment, hypocrisy is the homage vice pays to virtue. Uh-huh. But the one I always found fascinating was, we all have the strength to endure the misfortune of others. Mm. Horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. It's
0: interesting, though. And it's I true. mean, it's true. Yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Okay. So, is there a predecessor of yours who you admire or look up to?
1: Are you know, among playwrights or novelists or- Anyone. There are so many. I mean, um, some writers I really love, obviously, you are mentioning Shakespeare, Tolstoy, you know, such a giant. The historian Paul Johnson, I think, is an amazing, amazing figure. Somebody who only died recently, Tom Wolfe is a writer mm-hmm. I really, really admire. And the novel was recently compared to Tom Wolfe. I was- to say that I was flattered and delighted and excited can't be understated. He's definitely one of my favorite writers. Of you know the ones who were around recently.
0: Okay, your debut novel, City of Angles, published by Simon and Schuster, came out on March seventh. Yes. How did you come up with the idea for the book and what specifically inspired you?
1: Well, after I'd had a few plays produced and, you know, gotten some really nice reviews and everything, I still wasn't making any real money. And like so many writers in New York, I went out to Los Angeles, was trying to get work writing for TV. I lived out there for a while. You know, which was difficult because I just started seeing my wife and eventually came back and we got married. Mm-hmm. But I noticed a lot of recent books that are set in Los Angeles, they didn't really get the details, right? Particularly the details having to do with things like what are the experiences of struggling actors and writers? And so I wanted to write, and I also wanted to write an entertaining book, so it's a mystery. I think people have been pretty happy with the mystery angle, mystery aspect of it. Yeah. But, you know, I wanted to write a book that really kind of captured those really peculiar, weird, absurd elements, particularly actors' lives, even more than um, writers' lives. Mm. People tend to fall back on cliche, and they don't really describe things the way they actually are. Yeah.
0: And that's such a big part of Los Angeles' life. Absolutely. Is there anything on your mind that you'd like to share with the audience? Anything? Buy the book. Buy the book. You should buy the book. You should read this book. It's getting wonderful reviews. City of Angles. It is a mystery. It's about old Hollywood. And it is phenomenal. So, buy the book.
1: Yeah. Just to quote a couple of – shamelessly again, quote a couple of reviews. So, uh, Urban Splice compared to Tom Wolfe said, what an entertaining book. That's a direct quote. Scenes Media said that the author said he'd never read a mystery novel that went so deeply into events also said it was the most entertaining thing that he'd seen about Hollywood in decades so I think people are really going to enjoy it that's what we keep hearing from people that people some people thought it was a wonderful book and super entertaining some people just said it was super entertaining but in either case I don't think you'll be bored you'll enjoy
0: it yeah and mine is signed and you wrote such a nice note to me thank you so much it really was very touching okay so now I have some audience questions for you yes so these are both from Charlotte Mann, Charlotte Mann on Instagram. What made you want to become a playwright? I think we kind of discussed that already. But if there's anything else around that that you want to discuss.
1: Well, I mean, obviously foolishness and the desire not to make much money. Yeah, I mean, those, those have to be high on the list. They have to be near the top of the list. Yeah. yeah well, there's yeah.
0: something to be said for doing what you're passionate about and not doing something else for material aspects. Yeah, yeah. And then – As an audience member, do you prefer comedy or drama?
1: Hmm, Tough question. Probably comedy. Definitely if I'm going to the movies, comedy. Maybe for theater, it might be drama. I don't know. That's a tough question. Of course, there's so much bad comedy.
0: So much bad drama. There is. And it's tough. I feel like it's all getting recycled now. Yeah. Have you gone to the movies recently?
1: I think I did, but I can't remember what it was.
0: Yeah. I haven't gone to the movies since before the pandemic. Yeah. And yeah. I still get all the sag screeners. That's the only reason I keep my membership, so i I can oh. watch them at home.
1: I'm supposed to be going that's what it is. I'm supposed to be going to the movies next week.
0: Oh, uh, I supposed to be see? seeing
1: a preview of Renfield, this new Nicolas Cage movie.
0: Oh, I heard that was really good actually you did? yeah, okay, yeah. The founder of my company said that was really good is isn't that the one where he's making fun of himself? Or no, is that a different no that's
1: I forget the title that's a different movie. oh okay, that one already came out, oh, yeah,
0: okay. Okay, so now it's time for my fearless five. Yes. Five questions. Yes. You get two passes. Right. I mean, I'd love you to answer all five, but if you don't feel like answering two of them, you don't have to. Yes. Okay. So what is something you think most people value that you don't necessarily subscribe to? Wow,
1: that's a tough question. That describes pretty much everything, (laughs) Um, except maybe ice cream, which I think I'm with the majority on that one. I love ice cream. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I think when I go to plays and movies, I usually have the same reaction as most of the people in the audience, probably 90% of the time. So I think my sensibility is not unusual, but my take on things is often very different. Let me just give one example. This is not a good answer, but it's a, there's been this long-held view that Putin, the leader of Russia, is this brilliant, brilliant, unscrupulous figure. Well, he's certainly a, uh, a psychopath. He's obviously unscrupulous. I see no evidence that he's done a good job running Russia. I guess this has become more and more apparent with this war. But I often yeah. have completely different takes on things than other people. So I don't. I don't. It's so all-encompassing.
0: Yeah. I don't know. That's an interesting answer. When do you do your best work? Morning, during the day, or in the evening?
1: Morning, morning. early morning, like yeah. three, three or four in the morning. Yeah.
0: So you Absolutely. get up really early, like often, that. yes, yeah, yeah. Me too. I'm up at four thirty, yeah, at the wow. latest.
1: Wow, that's hard to believe because you look so
0: you look like you're slept. Well, that's because I'm a grandma and I go to bed at like eight, <laughs> so I'm falling asleep in my soup when everybody else is ready to go out and have a good time. Okay, number three. What would you say to your childhood self if you could go back in time?
1: Be more focused on money. That would be <laughs> that would probably be good advice. I don't know.
0: But does money make people happy? I mean, I know it makes people more comfortable, right? Which leads to less stress. Yes. But does it? There was
1: some years ago, they did a study. And I think there have been other countries where they've come to similar conclusions. They found that money did not improve happiness above $75,000 a year, which probably is like one hundred and fifty dollars now. Right. But it did below that. Which kind of corresponds to experience, no? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people who are super rich aren't necessarily happier. They might be less happy. But people who are really struggling to pay the bills. It makes a significant difference in their lives. Oh,
0: 100%. Being yeah. comfortable is one thing. Being stress-free and able to pay the bills is one thing. And if you can't do that, then, of course, you're going to be so – just financial stress is the worst thing and i've had it when i first started out in my career i remember digging around in my pockets for spare change my first year in real estate so i could go down to the the deli and get something to eat you know but that's really stressful and it makes you unhappy but at what level does that stop when you once you can afford it yeah do you correct other people's grammar
1: i'm trying to work on not doing that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, just a moment ago, before we began this interview, I'm scrolling through Facebook and they confused fewer and less. I, it just drives me crazy.
0: <laughs> it drives me crazy too, but I make the mistakes myself. So I don't know. I'm not as good at my grammar. I'm, yeah. I'm glad that they have Grammarly. You know what that yes, is? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, I love Grammarly. Okay, last question. What are the least likely three words your closest friends or family would use to describe you?
1: Frighteningly thin is two. Um, <laughs> let's see. Humorless? Frighteningly thin? Humorless? I think. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then what's number three?
1: Well, frighteningly thin is two.
0: Oh, that's yeah. two. Frightening. Yeah. Yeah. Frighteningly
1: thin Frightening. Okay. Yeah. So we've actually used all three. That's probably a good three. Okay, bald would be another one. You know that's right. That's you what do I have made, a nice head of yes. hair. Well, you have an amazing head of hair. Thank but yes, you. this is a point of pride for both of us. I, I think you know <laughs> we're allowed some vanities, particularly if you're male, that you have managed to maintain some hair.
0: Yes. Well, I never had children, so I never had my hair fall out. So yes. yes. <laughs> you know. I guess. You know. Either way. Yeah. But thank you so much for being on my podcast. I thank can't you. wait for everyone to hear it, and I can't wait for people to read your book.
1: By the way, I want to shamelessly work in a a plug for you. So I don't know if uh, viewers know, but Kelly was just asked to join this very selective group of uh, real estate agents called... Realm. Realm, which is only for the very, very top uh, real estate agents who handle the most prominent clients in um, sports and entertainment. And this is a very, very selective designation. So uh, we want to shamelessly work that in.
0: Oh, thank you. I really
1: appreciate it. I should say congratulations on the designation as a real estate agent. It's a big Thank deal. Thank you so much. Yeah. I really
0: appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me on the show.
0: Anytime. Thank you for watching and listening to Kelly Minds Her Manners. Make sure to subscribe to the show and don't forget to leave us a review to tell us what you liked about the episode. You can connect with Kelly at Kelly Minds Her Manners on Instagram and TikTok or on our website, www.kellymindshermanners.com.